Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And 23 opponent preview series continues. We focus on the Gamecocks week five road trip to Rocky Top as South Carolina takes on Tennessee, a Tennessee team that'll be looking for revenge after last year's 63 to 38 final result. South Carolina 
will be looking to make it back-to-back victories in the series. We break down Tennessee today. Who better to help us break them down than Austin Brown of Channel Tennessee? Those guys do a great job of color- covering the volunteers. Austin, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you on. What's going on? It's all good over here, man. Just uh, enjoying the offseason, counting down the days, you know, best we can. I was going to say, is that about the millionth time somebody has said the word 6338 to you? How many times do you think it's been? Well, <laughs> I've muted enough people on Twitter uh, for it to be uh, Dude, a Dude, Gamecock less. Twitter and Vol Twitter is, they, I mm-hmm. mean, it is a fierce rivalry. I know that SEC Mike, he'll talk about that from time to time. But, dude, I don't know that any two fan bases in the SEC at least go at each other's throats more than Tennessee and South Carolina fans. Yeah, it, it's it's surprising, you know. You like you wouldn't think that we don't have that insane of a history, but it's just like this last decade, every game we played has been so close, and it's been pretty split down the middle. Of course, y'all had Spurrier and that and Muschamp, just y'all and Beamer. Now y'all have had coaches that just kind of get under our skin, and it's just a it's a perfect marriage, in my opinion. Well, when you're losing a Will Muschamp, that that really just that's the, I feel like that's the one that really sticks in the side, right? That, that's that's the yeah. one that gets you. Either way, though, again, Austin, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who, who'd have thunk it? Will Muschamp couldn't beat anybody, but Tennessee, I don't know what it was. He just found a way. But anyways, Austin, again, we're breaking all these teams down. I appreciate you talking Tennessee. Really excited because Tennessee is one of the most intriguing teams in college football this year. Before we look at this season, let's look back because it was a historic year. In year two of Josh Heupel, 11-2 overall, 6-2 and two in SEC play, and you cap off the season beating Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Thank you very much, by the way, for <laughs> that. But all in all, a really successful season. When you look at it, 30,000-foot view, obviously you get in the nitty-gritty and, you know, what was on the line for Tennessee late in the season and losing to the Gamecocks, it puts a bitter taste in your mouth. When you look at 2022, let's go through it real quick, Austin. You beat Ball State, beat Pittsburgh in overtime. Early in the season, you're wondering, what is Tennessee? You take down Akron, beat Florida in a close one, 38-33. to A blowout victory in Baton Rouge. I feel like that really set the tone. 40-13, that's when that was like That was like the we arrived moment. Right, that, that was the you yeah. have arrived moment. Then the next yeah. week, you beat Alabama 52-49. First time mm-hmm. in forever, you beat the Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was one of the... Really, if you think about a moment that sort of summarizes what's great about college football, that scene at Neyland Stadium was truly it. You look the rest of the schedule, you beat UT Martin, you beat Kentucky, you lose to Georgia. That game obviously was college game, yeah. hyped up, tough game. Georgia's Georgia, 27-13, to 13, fight on that one, but you bounce back. You beat Missouri, then came the South Carolina game, which mm-hmm. nobody, including myself, right? We, You and I met up at the tailgate, we talked. Nobody saw oh, yeah. it coming. I picked 59 to 13 Tennessee. Could not have been more wrong. Everybody in the country couldn't have been more wrong about that game. You bounce back and beat poor Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. And yeah. then the Orange Bowl 31 to 14 over Clemson in a game in which, of course, Hendon Hooker gets hurt in that South Carolina game. Joe Milton throws 10 touchdowns, no picks last year. That's where sort of all this hype is coming from, which we'll get into in just a second. But when you look at year two of Josh Heupel, again, 11 and two, six and two in SEC play. I say it's a massive success. What say you and Tennessee fans because of the way the season went? I have to imagine, even though you feel like you left some things out there, an 11-win season a year two. I mean, nobody <laughs> picking the, the Vols to win double digits last year. No, I I, I mean, there were some fans that kind of had some high-in-the-sky high expectations, but you're always going to get that. You're always going to get the guy that says, I think we can win every game we play. And, and, but realistically, no. I, I, I was actually the one person on our podcast – coming into the year that picked us to lose to Bama, I guess 
I'm, I was the unrealistic one or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, it definitely was not a disappointment. I mean, it was the best season I think we've had since 2001. Um, well, we didn't win the East, but, I mean, we were better than LSU who, who got there too. So, you just – I mean, we were the second best team in the SEC. You cannot be disappointed with that. I, I know Bama might have been ranked higher, but that was really stupid. <laughs> that, that made me mad. Because we had the same losses. Yeah, yeah, I I agree that Tennessee not being ranked ahead of Bama was a head-scratching, head-scratching move to say the least. But you look at Tennessee's program again, and it's been, I mean, you think about it, fan bases, and I know Gamecocks love to go at Tennessee fans, vice versa, but like, if you look at a fan base that has suffered, and I mean really, really suffered, and you say which fan bases deserve to have some good fortune come their way, I mean, I think you could argue Tennessee fans are right up there because, I mean, we, we are talking to two of them, man. Right, right. Tennessee fans, <laughs> I mean, Tennessee football went in the tank for a long, long time. And so to see last year happen, you know what, what Josh Heupel's done through two seasons, let's talk about Josh Heupel. He goes into his third season this year, Austin. What do you feel like the overall mood around Josh Heupel is? Because I feel like he's very similar to a Shane Beamer in the sense they're both going into their third year. It feels like Beamer right now can do no wrong because of the successes, the overachieving. And it feels like Josh Heupel is very similar. He's brought a high-flying, exciting brand of football to Knoxville, obviously the number one scoring offense in the country last year. I would imagine the approval rating amongst Tennessee fans is pretty high for the third-year head coach. Oh, I mean, yeah, you can't beat this how you feel about him right now. There's not a – he probably – even if he wins a national championship in the future, I don't know if he'll even have a higher approval rating than he does right now. Because when you beat Alabama for the first time since the iPhone was, in, was invented, it's just uh, – you can't do much better than that. Uh, you really can. I mean, 11, 11 wins after all we've been through is just uh, – it's amazing. And recruiting is about – it's it's about better than what we thought it we thought it would be but when you look at what we came from you really can't do better we our expectations for this season are are pretty high but even if he doesn't meet them quite what we hope I I still say his approval rating is through the roof and so you look at this year and again obviously I talked about the the brand of football that he has brought to Knoxville you look at a season ago and the offensive outlook obviously for 2023, you lose Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman off of a historic offense. Again, number one scoring nationally. Joe Milton will take over as QB1. Obviously, there's a lot of hype, a lot of hoopla. We dropped our our quarterback ratings list, if you will. I've got Joe Milton in my top five, whether you think he's number three, number four, number five, number six, whatever. That's up for debate. But certainly, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions to go. We've all seen the videos, right? Guy can throw it 100 yeah. yards probably the best arm in college football. And if he can't get the job done, Austin, there is a five-star freshman looming that Tennessee mm-hmm. fans are very excited for. Nico, would you like to say his last name? Because I don't think I can do it. Uh, you know, I've heard like five different pr- pronunciations. I remember I heard the correct one, but I'm, I think it's I am Aleva. I, I think am that's Aleva. how you say okay. it. So yeah. Nico, I'll just say, is waiting in the yes, way that he can't get it done. Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, Squirrel White, they look to be the top weapons on the mm-hmm. outside for Tennessee and, and fill the void that Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, and others have left. Jabari Small, Jalen Wright returned to the rushing attack. Really, really good a season to go. And I feel like, Austin, that was the thing that when people talked about the Tennessee offense, they talked about the passing game and hooker. But the reason it all clicked for Tennessee is they ran the football extremely well last year. 
three of yeah. five offensive linemen return. You do lose Darnell Wright, Jerome Carvin, picked up Campbell from Miami, and Andres Carrick from Texas from the portal. So let me ask you this, Austin. What are your expectations for the Tennessee offense this season? What do you think it's going to look like? A lot of that rests on Joe Milton. And I guess the question I have, and I think we're going to start to figure out about Tennessee this year, Austin, is this. Was it Hendon Hooker? Or is it more Josh Heupel's system where it's truly plug and play? Because I feel like to say, oh, it's plug and play and anybody can do that, you're not giving Hendon Hooker the respect he deserves. But mm. Josh Heupel has built up this brand of football to where you just you expect it, right? Like I look at it and it's a quarterback-friendly system. Your quarterback's always going to have these gaudy numbers, if you will, but you've got to have the right trigger man. So I know we talk about receiver, running back, offensive line, but the big storyline for the offense is Joe Milton and what he can do in the center. Just talk a little bit about this Tennessee offense and what you're expecting it to look like this season. The expectations are are pretty high for this offense. I think it can be not – I have a hard time saying it would be just as good as it was last year. That's hard for me to say out loud because was it, was it more Hennon or was it more Josh? I think it's more Josh, but I think you also need a capable quarterback who's been – marinated in the system for a good bit to run it perfectly i mean hendon he just knew how to he he knew how to click all the right buttons and there were actually some things he didn't do perfectly he could have hit the long ball better and that's one thing joe will exceed at but uh that mid-range passing that is what you worry about the most and will he be able to do the same stuff on his feet because there are so many times where our drives were saved because hendon took took it to the ground i i think and I, I do worry about losing Darnell Wright and Carvin, the, mainly Darnell Wright. I, we do not beat Bama if, if Darnell Wright gets injured or, or something happens. Like, uh, he, we are not beating them. He bought Hendon just enough time on so many, so many drives. He covered Will Anderson that entire game. And uh, the guy for LSU, I can't think of his name, Ojolari. Um, anyways, you're going to miss him more than anyone. Are, can we replace him on the O-line this year? I think almost you just might I, – I think it will be pretty good, just not quite as good as it was last year on the line. And can Joe be as good as Hooker? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really hope so. Uh, I think we're actually maybe uh, maybe better at receiver this year. Uh, that's crazy. I, better I love Hyatt. Receiver. Better at wide receiver. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Who do you think out of the guys, the crop of guys you have – is going to be that dude that – I mean, I don't think you're going to have anybody probably have five receiving touchdowns against Alabama. That was crazy. But who no. is the guy? Is it McCoy? Is it Squirrel White? Would you say it's somebody else? You know, a name you haven't mentioned yet is the guy we got from the portal out of Oregon. He's a 6'5", I think like 200-pound receiver, Dante Thornton, mm-hmm. former uh, high four-star. That guy, uh, he has speed like just like Hyatt, in my opinion. I mean, maybe not quite as fast, but almost to that level. And he's tall, just like Hyatt. He's going to probably fill the shoes Hyatt, Hyatt set. And then you have Squirrel, who just has enough speed to scare you. And um, and Brew, obviously, is, I think Brew. He got more important as the year went on, and he started to show the athleticism, that big body, and Keaton with his amazing hands. I, I mean, in Tillman, Tillman only played like half the season. He didn't. I don't, I don't think he played against Alabama. He didn't play against Kentucky. Or maybe he did. He didn't play against LSU. He missed a lot of games. So it's hard to say, hard to really put that into the mold that was our receiver core, core last year. I just, I think with Thornton, I, 
I'm putting high expectations on him, but that guy, when I watch his tape, he looks like he can do all the things Hyatt did. Maybe I have a hard time saying better because Hyatt really set a high bar. But I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic on that one. What would you say is the bigger question mark? Replacing a Jalen Hyatt or Joe Milton? And again, Joe Milton, a guy that it's the mixed reviews. It's like some people think it's just going to be plug and play. And like, what is your, let me ask you this. Let's just talk Joe Milton specifically, actually. Confidence level in Joe Milton. I know the big thing for him is can he throw the change up? Can he throw the touch pass? Looked really good end of last season. Your confidence level in Milton this year? I will say it is higher after the Clemson game. That restored a lot. That brought a lot of confidence because we were pretty hyped when Milton was coming in, in here. And then he started out in 2021. First game wasn't that good. Second game was even worse. Then he had a small injury, got benched for Hooker, and Hooker just ran with it. And we never really worried about that again until Hendon went down at South Carolina. I, it definitely a bigger question mark on Joe Milton. That is by far. I, I, I trust that our receivers will be able to be just as open as they were last year. And because Hypo just has a magic way of setting that up where he makes defenses look so stupid and confused. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's my main worry for the entire season is can Joe just do everything Hendon did because I know the opportunities will be out there the same they were for Hendon I just I really hope and pray that uh, Milton can run the offense just as well and there and one thing I do know is that he can hit the deep ball better than Hooker could so there's at least one thing he does better and he does have a bigger body so he kind of he has the same body as Cam Newton pretty much he's not quite as fast but uh and I, I really would love to see him do more with his legs that's another thing I'm really interested on. So, yeah, definitely Joe Milton's the biggest question mark on coming into the season. And if he does struggle, like let's just say he doesn't look good at all against Florida and we lose that game, there's going to be a lot of pressure on throwing Nico out there. After I, that. I was wondering, I, I wonder, because you know, man, I mean, college football fans are just like bad doctors. They don't mm-hmm. have patience. So the I'm sure the chatter will be very, very loud if there's a slow start of the season. Austin, let's move to the defensive side of the football because, you know, I was going to say that was Tennessee's undoing last year, but you lost two freaking games. But when you look at where Tennessee still has areas to make major strides, the defensive side, specifically the pass defense. And Austin, I I knew the pass defense wasn't good. I watched the South South Carolina game just like you did. 127th nationally. I did not realize 289 and a half yards per game Allow the entire secondary practically returns. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you got to, to Marion McDonald and Jayla McCullough providing experience in the back end. You do lose your top pass rusher in Byron Young, but you have Amari mm-hmm. Thomas and Dejon Terry returning on the interior defensive line, and then senior Aaron Beasley yeah. leading the linebacker group and the leading tackler a season ago with 76. And you added BYU transfer Keenan pill to that linebacker group as well so when you look at the volunteers defense in 2023 what are you expecting and it does sound like that to take the next step it really just is about shoring up that secondary yeah you know we will miss byron young i think we will replace him pretty well and we actually did lose Dijon terry he decided into the portal okay into the portal to get closer to family and then he went to somewhere family family wasn't. <laughs> and that was we were told he was gotta love the portal, family. Right? Gotta love and the then portal. he 
And, well, he's from Mississippi. Why is he going to Oklahoma? <laughs> um, but that that was a little bit of a surprise. But I do think the D-line will be just as good. Omari Thomas is probably the best player on the whole defense, him and Aaron Beasley. And we do add Keenan Peely from BYU. He was a captain there, one of their best tacklers. And uh, Gage, Judy, something. I forget the right – how do you say his name? We had another guy from BYU. He's going to be in the, the secondary. And he was a pretty – he wasn't like the best player in the world, but he was a he was a decent DB. I I definitely think you will see an upgrade in the secondary because you bring Warren Burrell back. He got injured against Pittsburgh, and uh, he was one of our better DBs coming into the year. So you'll you'll see him come back. We do lose Flowers, but I think we will replace him pretty well at safety. And uh, you got McCullough coming back. I I do think it'll be a bit of an upgrade. On, in the secondary, not like a major, like revolutionary change. Uh, you get Wesley Walker getting a little better. Uh, I think it'll be just a little bit better. Our pass rush, I have a hard time saying it'll be better, but I mean, we had a four, uh, a couple of four stars who are going to be going to their second season. So you never know. It could be a little better. I, I think linebacker will be just as good, even though you lose banks. I think that was a, that, that, that is a pretty big deal, but, seeing how our defense did against Clemson and the orange bowl made me feel a little better about losing banks. So I think you'll see a slight upgrade on the defense and maybe a slight decrease on offense, maybe an increase on offense. I mean, it's possible. It wouldn't surprise me, but I definitely don't see anything crazy happening to the defense. Cause I mean, it was pretty bad last year. It was weird at times. It looked pretty good. It was weird. Like we made Will Levis look, like Will Levis, but <laughs> more like Will Levis than he ever looked like. Sorry, wait. Uh, there's a lot of pain in my heart when since he's <laughs> going to my Titans. <laughs> Just a little bit of insecurity there. And uh, we obviously shut Clemson down all day. And But you had the, game, the South Carolina game. We had a few good stops in Alabama, but outside of that, it was uh, them running all over us. And uh, we shut out Vandy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, that's something to hang yeah. Florida certainly yeah. can't say that. It was a monsoon. But <laughs> so, Austin, moving to special teams. Yep, we're going to talk about some special teams, my guy. You replace both specialists, actually. Indiana transfer kicker Charles Campbell takes over. You have an Australian punter, which I feel like Tennessee mm-hmm. is known for having good punters. Jackson Ross, he takes over the punter spot. And D. Williams is a game-breaker in the return game. Uh, thoughts on the Tennessee special teams coming in the year? Again, I'm a South Carolina guy, so – Beamer ball, you know, we talk special teams. It's oh, a yeah. facet of the game, obviously. But for Tennessee, anything stand out on special teams to you going into 2023? I mean, we punt like five times in a month. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I hope Bill be good. Uh, really, I... Our punter wasn't that good. Our, he, he was okay at times. It was weird. He was a lot better in 21 than he was in 22. But uh, I'll miss Burks. Yeah, when you um, have a really good offense, you don't have to worry about punting all that much. See, that's the thing. I hope I'm – yeah, I pray I'm not worried about the punting. <laughs> <laughs> I pray the Aussie doesn't see the field too much. But um, Charles Campbell – or that's his name? Yeah, Charles Campbell. I think he will be actually a slight upgrade over McGrath. McGrath was – McGrath was good, but kind of inconsistent at times. I think if you, uh, I think I heard an interview with uh, Chase McGrath after the Bama game that he said that if the ball didn't get tipped, he felt like it would have not gone through the, would have gone left or something, and maybe the 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 hand that touched it kind of let it wow. in in there. So yeah, a little bit of good fortune on our part, but uh, I think it'll be a slight upgrade at kick, kicker and probably about the same punter and D Williams. Uh, I, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good return guy. I, obviously, we have great return guys in a history, recent history. Uh, Evan Barry, Alvin Kamara, Cam Sutton, uh, Cordell Patterson. We've had a lot of great punt returners, so kind of have high expectations there. But I think D, hopefully he can improve. I, all I know is his, one of his best kick returns, he got tackled by the punter. So we're, we're hoping for a little better now. <laughs> Don't get don't get tackled. Don't let any, any touchdowns get taken away because of punters. Please don't. That's all I all I my, my only request. Yeah, that is the worst. So you look at the overall outlook, Austin, of Tennessee. Twelve starters are back, seven on offense, five on defense. And you take a look at the 2023 schedule. You open up with a really interesting non-conference game against the Virginia Cavaliers in Nashville, Tennessee. You then had Austin PA. That matchup week three at Florida is one that I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. And you know, on paper, it feels like, oh, that's a blowout. Florida's going to stink. But Tennessee hadn't won in the swamp since 2003, which I thought was a crazy stat, by the way. I mean, I, I know that Tennessee hadn't been good. Not right. over here. That, that is wild <laughs> to me that it's been that long. 20 years since Tennessee has won in the swamp. So you got well, that one. That's a big, big early season game. Uh, UTSA in week four, they're a priest at top 25 that's, team. That's, that's not your, your, your normal non-conference, if you will. Then you've got the game against South Carolina, of course, to close out September. Texas A&M's a really interesting cross-divisional game. Last year, divisions, of course. Then at Alabama, October 21st, at Kentucky, UConn at home, at Mizzou, Georgia at home, which I think is the one game people are looking at on Georgia's schedule and saying, okay, this is where they could stub their toe. And then Vanderbilt at home to close out the season. So when you look at that 2023 schedule, how do you feel it shakes out for Josh Hype on the balls in year three of his tenure? I think it's a pretty good schedule. I mean, it's it's weird. It's like it's tough, but it's got just enough buffer room there for you to feel pretty good about it. I like that we get the bye week before A and M. That made me feel a lot better about that game. I I got to be honest. I feel pretty good about the South Carolina game, especially. We're, we're gonna more. get there, Austin. We're gonna get there. I promise. We're gonna get. And there. I think we'll, <laughs> I'm not really worried about Virginia. I they were pretty god awful last year. I, they'll probably be a little bit better, but kicking off at noon in Nashville, I just I. I see us pulling that one out. I didn't like when I heard the Florida game was going to kick off at 7 p.m. 
because as you know, playing in any SEC stadium at night is just a different animal. If it's at noon, I think we'll win that game all day. But now I'm like probably about 70% sure we're winning now that it's at night. That's that's just a not fun environment if you're the road team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bama, that's a – yeah, that's – we've had success on them, obviously. Uh, Josh Heibel actually made the game one – the the year one game against them pretty interesting the final score looked pretty one-sided but it was a game going into the fourth quarter and then they just ran away with it so and then obviously he beat him next year and honestly bama hasn't done amazing with revenge games usually if they get beat the next time you see them under saban it's just a bloodbath but um, a&m beat them last year and you saw them kind of struggle with them this the, the following season then you got a uh, Missouri. Missouri's actually that game scares me a little bit. I they return, I think, more production than anyone in the SEC. Uh, I think second most in all college football. And we actually kind of that that was a game. They, they it was going back and forth until we blew them out of the water in the fourth quarter. So that 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 game definitely worries me a little bit. Uh, I'm 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 actually more worried about that game than I am going to Florida. Crazy enough, I. I know it's where I kickoff times are big for me. I, if it's noon, I feel great about it. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Kentucky, Kentucky. They hired back Cohen to be the OC. They got what's his name from NC state. Devin Leary. Devin Leary. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, really shows you where we're in college football, where NC state guy is going to transfer to play quarterback Kentucky. Uh, it's, it's weird. Uh, but that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. Obviously, no one in the world wants to beat us more. Mm. Um, and, of course, I think it will steamroll Vandy. So, looking at the schedule as a whole, and, of course, uh, UTSA, that's a trap game, total, total trap game. But I think we've said it's a trap game all off season. so hopefully you take that out of the element a little bit. But looking at it as a whole, I feel like, 10 and two is not a crazy expectation. Uh, nine and three, I'm not disappointed. 11 and one, I'm ecstatic. 12 and 0, I'm lighting fireworks off every day of the week. <laughs> uh, but for this is actually maybe the one year we're going into it. I feel like we can win every game because going into last year, obviously before the games, I felt like we had a chance of winning every game. You know, going into them. But coming into the season, I probably didn't give us any shot of beating Georgia. And then when we got there undefeated, I obviously felt like he had a shot. We we didn't. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, I feel like ten and two, nine and three. If if it if everything just goes pretty, if we lose every seventy thirty game, I feel like seven and five is a possibility, and six and six maybe. I, no. I can't say that. <laughs> um, but seven and five is the floor, in my opinion. And honestly, 12 and 0 is the ceiling. But the realistic ceiling is price 11 and 1. So you look at that week five matchup, Austin. South Carolina travels to Tennessee. And listen, we've all seen the chatter on social media. And we all talk about like it's a very popular cliche to say revenge game this, revenge game that. I want to hear it directly from the Tennessee side. Just how important is the South Carolina game to Tennessee fans and the Tennessee program? Oh, we can't lose that game. 
<laughs> I cannot. I, 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 okay. I know he's your coach and you love him. I hate looking at that guy's face. <laughs> just, there's something about him that, like, ugh, this, you see a face that you just don't like. I'm, I know it's your coach. I know it's your coach and you can't respond to this, right? <laughs> but, uh, he just has that face that you just do not like. It's not even the same hate you feel for like Spurrier or Muschamp even. It's just like, I don't know. There's something about him I just do not like. It's just do not like. So, yeah, it's really important. Don't lose that game. I'm praying that's a 7 p.m. kickoff and we're just going to have fun kicking the hell out of y'all. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a really important game. What, what would you say from your side? Well, I mean, I would say obviously it's a big game, but I, I just think it's fascinating because it's one of those that, you know, again, we say that, oh, this team's got this game circled and what have you, but it really feels like to me that Tennessee fans, and, and again, the Tennessee program, everybody involved with Tennessee, like beating South Carolina is not good enough. Tennessee needs to win that game by like 70. Like that that's the <laughs> feeling, that's the emotion, like that's the – the what I'm picking up from Tennessee fans is like just simply winning to get revenge is not enough. Mm -hmm. This needs to be a bloodbath in Knoxville after last year. So I mean it's it's a big game from the South Carolina side for sure. I mean, I, I dare I say it's a bigger game from the Tennessee side. It's just a big game for much, much different reasons. I think it's a big game for both sides, though, because you've got a pair of year three head coaches, obviously, in both of these. You know, both these programs are sort of fighting for SEC East hierarchy right now. It's it's Georgia's at the top, Vandy's at the bottom. Everybody else is just kind of fighting for their their status, their place in the SEC. And obviously, Tennessee has established himself right now, at least, as that fourth best team in the SEC, number two in the SEC East. But a team like a South Carolina, like a Kentucky with Leary and Cohen, hell, even like maybe a Mizzou, I don't know, with Eli Drinkwitz, they're fighting to climb up that ladder. And, you know, Tennessee's trying to fend everybody off. But after the game last year, man, it's – how can you not look at that as a fascinating matchup? And you mentioned the expectations. I want to move into that, Austin, as we close out here, because I look at this as a pivotal swing game for Tennessee in 2023. And admittedly, Austin, I've already picked this as a loss. Um, and I labeled this as a swing game because I think after last year, Austin, again, I'm speaking from the South Carolina perspective. And I'll even say from the Tennessee perspective. You can't say there's 0% chance South Carolina wins that game after what happened last year. No, there's, no. I there's just no way. But I do think when I look at my toss-ups for South Carolina, the Tennessee game is the one I feel least confident about because I would just be shocked after all the chatter this offseason, all the focus on that game. Like, if Tennessee wins one game this year, it feels like that would be the one game. So, mm -hmm. it is a pivotal swing game, though, when you look at where it falls and the schedule as well to close out September. And you mentioned the expectations. I want you to talk about it one more time. And amongst the Tennessee fan base, I guess you could say, you know, you've talked about your thoughts on the season. What do you feel like are the expectations amongst Tennessee Nation for Volunteers football this upcoming season? I I've heard 9-3 is asking for double-digit wins. Is it too much? Because, of course, there's going to be some in the Tennessee fan base that are – disappointed if you don't get the 10 wins which is crazy to think about because just two years mm -hmm. ago I mean Tennessee football was trying to get out of the depths right so expectations going into 2023 for Vol Nation uh our expectations they are when they are to win 10 games that that is the expectation we feel like we see 10 10 games we should win on our schedule that's where we're at uh if we got nine and three we're I think we're happy for the most part if recruiting is still rolling on and we get a top 10 class. I feel like we'll be happy. Eight and four, I know there will be some angry folks. That That's for sure, especially if you lost to Florida 
that that's it, yeah it, um, it really is like nine three eight and four those are numbers but it, it really matters who you lost to you, the two games I really just cannot stomach losing are Florida and South Carolina by far like close third is Kentucky but just because you can't give them anything they, they lose their minds <laughs> they beat us every year every time we fire a coach it they lose to Kentucky. That's what happens. That's how the that's how we lose a coach. <laughs> like, um, and it feels like you know, it feels like that. And when when Tennessee loses to South Carolina, it seemed that they've lost a coach because I remember Phil Fulmer specifically. It was like that was the game that it's or that was one of them at least that kind of ended mm-hmm. his tenure, if you will. One of them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is to go ten and two, but nine three. You're you're probably happy if you beat Florida. Mm-hmm. and didn't lose South Carolina. Well, I'll so tell I guess, you, Austin, I, I've got Tennessee in my predictions, which I'll drop these the game by game probably later this week. Nine and three, I've got the Volunteers mm-hmm. losing to, let me see if I can remember, Alabama, Georgia, and I got an upset pick in there at Missouri. Just because the SEC is crazy. I, I mean, honestly, you got you to gotta pick some craziness, and I feel like that could be kind of an upset because I've got Mizzou going six and six. I don't think they're going to be all that great, but. I do have a one in that game. So I actually that would not shock me. I I might I'm 50-50 on if that game would be Kentucky or Missouri. I think gun to my head, I think we win both. But which one would be the most dangerous, most most likely to be a loss? It's either gonna be Kentucky or Missouri. I, I feel like you're in a casino and you're not gonna go out without any bad luck. Yeah. Como <laughs> yeah. is a weird place to play for sure. Austin. Please tell everybody where they can find your work. Obviously, you guys do a great job covering the Tennessee Volunteers, Austin Brown of Channel Tennessee. Let everybody know where they can check you out. Uh, we're on uh, pretty much any social media, but we are mainly on Twitter. That's where we spend most of our time. Uh, we're at Channel TN or at Channel underscore TN underscore. And I, you can find me at Austin underscore Vols on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's uh until we're trying to get more into YouTube and Facebook, we're working on that. We'll hopefully be a little, little, little more into that going into August. We're hoping for this to be a big season for us. Well, Austin, you guys keep up the great work. I appreciate you taking the time and looking forward to the Week 5 matchup in Knoxville. Thank you. Great talking to you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.